and welcome back to the Mississippi Artist to Artist podcast brought to you by the Little Yellow Building in Brookhaven, Mississippi. This week we have artist Brandon Davis with us and Brandon is an artist based out of Jackson, Mississippi who has this really interesting visual artwork but has been developing this animation for the past several months that that's just really these snippets of life that I'm loving to watch. So Brandon, thank you so much for being here with us. No, really. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. So to get this all kicked off, why don't you tell us a little bit about you growing up and your history with art? Let's see. Well, for those of you who didn't just hear what Derek just said, my name is Brendan Davis. I grew up in Jackson, Mississippi, pretty much my whole life. I don't think I was technically born here, but all of my schooling was done here. Uh, I graduated Murrah. I graduated from Murrah High School in, in 2016. I went up to New York briefly for two years, at, and I uh, up at a Marist College studying computer science. But then I switched gears, and I changed my major to digital media. And then I transferred back down to Jackson in 2018, 2019. And I went to Millsaps. And then I graduated from Millsaps in 2020, December. Uh, let's see. Uh, but art-wise, art I don't know. I don't know if I was really that much of an artist growing up. In high school, I was really into, I was really much more in science than anything else. Like, uh, I spent, like, I worked in a lab with my friend over at UMMC in a micro, in the microbiology department, working with bacteria and stuff. And I was really into that for a while. And then, like, like I said earlier, I started college doing computer science. So it wasn't really until a lot later that I, discovered that I was really a lot more interested in like creating art than I was like analyzing data or doing math, stuff like that. But, um, I started really paying attention to art when I started taking art history classes, my freshman year, freshman and sophomore years. So I really started taking art history classes and I got just, I just got really interested in like the process and like just the history and just the significance of just creating art and just the process of it all. And that's just really what got me hooked into making it for myself. And ever since then, I've just been experimenting with different styles and different media. Like I, if you, if you dig back on your Instagram, it's, you know, you work on cardboard, you work on masking tape, you work on like all these different, really interesting surfaces. What, when, okay. So let me, let me go back because you, you did, you made a huge switch. You went from technology and data driven based, um, education into an art media form. And you said art history inspired that for you, which is really cool to me because, you know, I get to hear the stories so often where, you know, I had crayons when I was a baby and that just led into this full life of art, but you found it through the history of art. And that's a different take on, 
on your beginnings, which I really liked. So when you found yeah. it, what happened then? Well, I mean, it was it was like mesmerizing. We took a class trip. I think I was a I think I was still a freshman, and we took a class trip to the Metropolitan Museum of Art. And that's what that's when it really that's when it really got me because I got to see it all in person and just some things like like it looks good when you see it like in a PowerPoint presentation or in a textbook. But when you actually get to like look at it and like be in the presence of it and not not touch it because you're not allowed to touch it, but you can you, it's so close, you can almost feel like you're touching it. And I think that's what really got me like hooked and that that's what really got me knowing that I wanted to make art for myself. So were you able to go in and study physical art while you were still in school? Yes. Yeah. I, at, at Millsaps, I took a lot of, uh, studio art classes. I took sculpture classes with, uh, Kristen Tordell Williams. I took some, digital media classes, some animation classes, Sue Carey Drummond, stuff like that, you know, but it, it really got, they really uh, gave me a good opportunity to like cultivate some of these uh, latent interests that I had. Yeah. And I got to pick up a lot of uh, different skills that I didn't have before. Yeah. But I guess, I mean, that's the point. That's the point of going to school, you know? Yeah. Having that little bit of time in your life where you get to concentrate you know, un, uninhibited concentration. It doesn't, mm -hmm. the results aren't life and death and it's not going to really take away from anything. If you don't produce this great piece of art, it's not going to not feed you. You're in college. That's what this is for experiment and play. Um, no, that's brilliant. So what happened after school? Let's see after school. Well, okay. So before I'll go, before I go after school, I guess I'll backtrack a little bit. And I'll look up. So after I left Marist College, I took a little gap semester, gap year. It was like the summer and then also the fall. I took that semester off and I didn't start back school until January. But I took a job when I got back from New York as a server at a hibachi restaurant. And I mean, that, that paid the bills for a little bit. But after that, I spent about a year as a barista at Coffee Pros. It's a coffee shop up in Midtown. It's like it's actually around the corner from where I am now. And after that, I worked as an intern at the Mississippi Museum of Art doing graphic design. And that was my first art-related job. And I got really met some really great people like working at the Mississippi Museum of Art, even though I didn't get because all of this was like in the middle of COVID. Yeah. So I didn't actually even get to work there physically. We worked remotely during that time. But I still like I it cultivated a lot of like long lasting like connections that I still have to this day. So I'm really grateful for that experience. But um after that, like I was actually graduated, I was done with college at that point. Cause that was at the, my senior year internship where I worked at the Mississippi Museum of Art. But after that, I worked as a 
manager at the Fondren Art Gallery owned by Richard McKee. It was on North State Street. I don't know if you've ever been to it, but if you go on North State Street, there were across from the Pig and Pint restaurant, really good barbecue there. There were these big like blue heads, like these statues. They used it used to be just be one statue of Barack Obama from when he was elected president. But then it got painted over blue and then they added in more head statues. And now it was called Mr. Fondren. And I used to be the manager there while the owner, you know, was enjoying his uh, time, you know, his burgeoning retirement years and his band and whatnot. And then after that, where I am now is I'm the uh, motion graphics artist at WOBT. I do their like on-air news graphics and stuff like that. That's really, really cool. That's a really great trajectory. Like that was, yeah. Not- you know, in hindsight, it really went, really went uh, smoothly, <laughs> went pretty smoothly. I think I found not a lot of people can episode. say that they, like as soon as they got out of college, they got a career in the exact thing they got a degree in. So I'm really grateful for that. I think it also would help your case that you found your, your passion in your degree later in your education. And you didn't like, you didn't hold firm in the early parts of your education. So you didn't go in going, I'm going to be a lawyer and make it all the way through law school. And then be like, ah, I wanted to pick flowers, you know? So that's really, like, I, I find it extremely interesting that, that you, you found that inspiration where you found it, when you found it and how it worked into the, the end of your education. And you seem like you had so much passion, you know, you were kind of on fire, where a lot of people may be on the, I want to rest after college stage, but you were, you were it. I mean, in that, the, the internship, I know that it was during COVID, but a really cool side effect of being during COVID is that people are recognizing your name because they're always seeing your name every time they have to talk to you, every time they have to do anything like it's a visual indicator. So people know people's names a little bit more than they know their faces right now, which is interesting. Yeah, it was, it was a definitely a trip seeing a lot of their faces like in person for the first time and like being able to like be in a room with them and like go to museum events and stuff like that. So it was really Yeah. The point you made about like name first, I think that's really, really important and really interesting because I guess, I mean, I guess I never really thought about it that way, you know, because when you, when you see a person like every day, but you don't necessarily talk to them, you may recognize them, but you don't really know who they are. You don't know their name. (laughs) So yeah, I think that's really important. So let's switch and talk about your art because you have this raw style to your art that I really like because in a world of a ton of, of polish, you know, yours is just pure energy. And I feel like whenever you go and set to do 
you know, to create, you're creating with intention. You have a story. I feel like with your animations, I can see snippets of a life. And with your, your imagery that your, your pictures, I can see moments again of a life that are building stories all together. So I really enjoy watching your work because I feel like it performs a narrative for me. Why don't you tell me a little bit about your process and, and how you come up with your ideas? Well, the way I start my still image, my still works and my animations are pretty much the same. Like it'll start, like I'll draw with any kind, like if the closest object to me, I'll try to make a mark on it. And if that mark looks interesting, if the mark reminds me of anything, then I'll keep it moving from there. And that could be that could be a sharpie and this paper towel. That could be a crayon and what is this brown paper bag with a dog treat in it? Like it could be, it could really be anything. But from there, I just I like to play with textures and patterns and stuff like that. And if I really like it, I'll make it bigger and I'll do it again. And then I'll make that bigger and then I'll do that again until I think, until I think I'm finished really. But for, for animations, a lot of my animations start off as like physical, like pieces of paper, because I think it's like, while I do most of the animation work digitally, I'm really drawn to the idea of stop motion. And a lot of my earliest animations were like just pure stop motion, but I've, I found ways to like really streamline my process. So like when I come up with an idea, I can get it done in an amount of time that like doesn't destroy the rest of my entire schedule <laughs> and it can, and I can still have a look that I'm more than satisfied with like something that I think was like, I, I can make work now in short, in a shorter time that I'm more happy with than what I could make in a month when I first started doing it. And I think that is like one of the surest signs of progress. That's it's something that I have to keep reminding myself whenever I play with something new is that, OK, here's the first go. And I have to remind this, my students, you know, we especially the younger ones, because they want everything perfect the first time they, you know, they go to play with it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is this is the ideas. And this is us getting used to it. Like now, how do we here's our next page? How are we going to develop that? And it does. It takes it takes hours to, to start developing those skills in whatever new media you're going after. And it does. It starts flowing. The ideas start sparking when you get used to what something does. And ah, that's I like that. That's um, and I the one of the stop motions that now that you mentioned that you did a lot of the, the stop motion film uh, paper drawings. Uh, what's the it's one i think a, a walk at night or let's take a walk at night like that yeah, one yeah yeah it's one of the one i did i did that one really recently yeah i love the loop on it like it's just it's a 
I could leave it up for a long, long period of time and have it around me and really enjoy that. You've got several that are like a lot loop perfectly and they just, I, I, I enjoy it. That has really become a staple of my animation. And I think that that is mostly a product of just the way I display them. A lot of, a lot of social medias, if you post a video, it'll just autoplay, it'll keep looping. So I think I naturally just responded to that because if a video is just looping over and over again, and you can't tell when the video actually ends, then you're just going to keep watching it. And I think like one of the reasons I love art and I love museums and galleries as much as I do is that you can just get lost in the art and you can just sit there and you can just stare at a painting for what feels like hours. And if you have a video, if you have an animation that loops in such a way, then it's almost like you can sit there and you can watch that for hours, even though it's, it might as well just be a painting. It's not really like it doesn't move beyond the parameters of that five second loop. Yeah. I found myself in several of them. I would watch it over and over and over. And I kept looking in your negative spaces because you have these little color shifts, um, especially uh, what's the one it's uh, it's like a sun and the rest is dark and there's stars just lightly twinkling. Um, but I kept looking yeah. at all of the dark in the negative space to see how that was just slightly changing in every frame. It was really, really interesting. And I got lost in that watching that. I did. Oddly enough, I don't know if this will get me in trouble with corporate, but oddly enough, I did both of those at work. <laughs> you would think that going from a gallery job to like just like a regular nine to five you would really be like creatively like stifled you'd feel like exhausted and worn out creatively drained like especially if you just make a bunch of graphics every day that are just like this crime happened at this place all these people are injured everybody feels awful but like i feel like i've just the amount of time I spend doing that, it's gotten me more skilled at making the animations that I actually want to make. Do you find those topics seeping into your work? Like, are you so over, like, is it around you so much that it's, it's bleeding into your work? I think what has been bleeding into my work is just this idea of, I don't know, not apathy or, or almost just like a, what, like, what's the point of it all? Like, what is it that we're all doing every day? Because I, like, I've only been at the station for like, it's been like three or four months at this point, but I feel like there's just a cycle of stories that are just repeating over and over again. These same things are happening over and over again. And it's just, we're all just kind of getting like numb to it. Like this is all just like background noise. Like, cause this is, I mean, it is our, it's our nine to five job. Like this is just what, this is the information that we, the things that are happening, this is what we have to put out into the world. So I think that's definitely seeping into my art, art in a way. But I mean, I've always let 
the outside world influence the art that I make because I think that's just an important aspect of art is just reflecting the world that the artist is in. So yeah, it does influence the way that I make my art, but it's not because I don't want it to. I let it. You were part of the the Mississippi Invitational in 2021. And like I had, had previously mentioned, that was when I first got to see your artwork. And I immediately went to Instagram, found out who you were, like watched the little interviews that they did. Because I, I do, I find it extremely interesting. Where do you think you want it all to go? Like, is this just That's something that you're able to Really leave? good question. Yeah. <laughs> when we have the nine to five, we're lucky. You know, especially if we can make it balance with our artwork, because then we have the pleasure of creating art that we just want to feel fill the world with. And then when you make it your nine to five, you kind of have to make sure that things are selling and you don't have mm-hmm. as much freedom, it seems sometime. Um, but if you're finding that comfortable balance, where would you where do you think you want to see everything head? That's really hard to say. Yeah, <laughs> because. I didn't think I wanted to go into news media when I like took this job. Like I thought it would be a really interesting job, but it's not exactly what I had planned. I actually applied to a different job at the station with their marketing department because I was technically the online sales manager at the art gallery. But I did all the social media and all that stuff too. And I was making videos and all that. So I thought I'd be perfect fit for their marketing position at the station. But I went there and I interviewed and I ended up making an impression with the news director who was brought into the interview I was having with one of their uh, marketing team members. And I ended up working in his department in the news at the end with the news team. And I met a lot of great people over there and I found out that I, I mean, that I'm actually pretty good at making news graphics. So like, I don't want to, I don't really want to say that I want to like abandon this career in favor of a more traditional, like artists, like route. Like I could see myself working for more like larger stations in the future or doing similar work in the future. Maybe I'll do freelance. I don't know. But um, on the other hand, I don't want to become so focused on that side of my work that I no longer make these animations that I make or do the paintings or the exhibitions that I do on occasion. It's like, I want to make sure that I can like, I, I want to thrive in both of those fields, I guess. I don't know if that's greedy of me. No, I think it's a smart goal. Like, I really do. And I, I again, can't stress the fact that having something that you're actually enjoying as a day job and that you could fulfill as a career, like, that's, oh, that's a, that's a brilliant setup. You know, you're, you're set up to, to have comfort in your life instead of, you know, a lot of sometimes heartache and struggle when you're really doing art as your full time goal. You know, that's professional artists are still professional artists, even if they have other jobs. You know, so I, I think that that's brilliant. So are you are you planning on leaning a little bit more into it? Sounds like you're enjoying your um, animation more right now. 
my animations, I think I've been leaning into more because I've spent I've been spending just so much time at the computer. And it's just so much easier for me to open up After Effects and Photoshop and like sketch out some doodles on small pieces of paper than it is for me to like get out all of my paints and my pastels and my spray paint cans and work on these giant pieces of cardboard or canvas and stuff like that. It's not that I don't enjoy painting. I'm working on a painting right now. I've got a couple of half finished pieces in my studio right now, but I just think it's a lot easier for me to get started on an animation than it is for me to get started on a painting. Cleaner too. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely a lot easier on the cleanup. So you can find Brendan on Instagram at brendan.eli. It's B R E N D E N period E L I. Um, Where else can they find you? Well, I do have a website, brendandavis.com, B-R-E-N-D-E-N-D-A-V-I-S.com. It is currently, it's usually up, but right now I'm working on a little uh, website maintenance. So it's actually down right now. But social media wise, that is pretty much it. I'm really bad at online marketing. (laughs) for any artists that are coming up behind you or for you as a younger self, what would be some advice that you would give to them? Don't ever think that you have to do whatever it is that you arbitrarily decided to do at some point in the past. 18 year old me, 18 year old you should not have control over what it is that you're doing when you're 24 or 25. Follow your dreams. That is, yeah. You're allowed to make a (laughs) U-turn. You're allowed to make a U-turn. You're allowed to drop the Bunsen burner in the beaker and pick up the paintbrush and the Sharpie. I love it. Yeah, that's your your educational journey is just so interesting from going from data driven science into to fine art, your inspiration for it from finding it in art history, I think will add it will continue to add just another, you know, component to your art where your your focus may be on things differently than, you know, someone who grew up with art in their lives the entire time would be. And I, I'm excited to see that on your journey. So I appreciate you coming on here and sharing all of this with us. No, it was great. It was great talking to you. For everyone, go and check out Brendan's work and make sure to follow him on Instagram. The, the little animations, you'll they're just charming and I enjoy that glimpse into your life. So thank you for putting that out there for everyone else. Thank you for joining us. And we'll be back with another artist next week. And a special thank you goes to our members, the friends of the little yellow building, Beth Breland, Mary Hardy, Gwen Fury, Mary Adams, Jenny Howard, Jenny Moak, Evelyn Peavy, The Evans Family, Janet Smith, Buffy Jordan, Jennifer Drinkwater, The Smith Family, Bob Bruzak, and Hannah Hester. Thank you for all the support.